Welcome to Outlandist to Podcast. <laughs> Sorry, no. Welcome to Outlandist to Podcast, an album by album rewatch of Sting's attempt to bring down Chilean President Augusto Pinochet through sweet guitar riffs. I'm Adam Agusia. This is the era in which I find Sting to be conversely at his most punchable and most fuckable. And you'll find that that actually happens a lot <laughs> with dudes. <laughs> I like it, but I want to set you on fire. Um, I'm Meg Donahue, and I think Sting is his most powerful when his hair is at its most floppy. Today, we talk about Sting's second solo album, Nothing... I'm sorry, it's not Nothing Like the Sun. It's Ellipsis, <laughs> Nothing Like the Sun. What came before? We'll never know. <laughs> is there anything more pretentious than, than starting your... No, no, not just an ellipsis. But an ellipsis that begins a title. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I'm going to call my record store. Do you have dot, 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 nothing like a sun? <laughs> do they do they file it under <laughs> N or under dot? Exactly. Is there a special punctuation like <laughs> section? Thank God we don't have to deal with that anymore in the era post record store. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> nothing like the sun was released in 1987. Adam, what was happening in the world in 1987? <laughs> U2 released The Joshua Tree, establishing that the late 1980s would be the high watermark for insufferable pretension in pop music. The Canadian government introduced the $1 coin nicknamed the Looney. In the top three list of possibly offensive currency nicknames, the Looney is number two behind the New Zealand mentalist, but above the Panamanian psycho bitch. In my home state of Pennsylvania, State Treasurer Bud Dwyer called a press conference and shot himself in the head live on television. This later inspired the filter song, Hey Man, Nice Shot. Nothing about that is funny, of course, but Sting would attempt his own ripped-from-the-headline songs in this era as well. None would be quite as hardcore. That make you Google things and get sad. Yeah. The Legend of Zelda was released by Nintendo. The original game spawned 19 subsequent games, one cartoon, and 15,000 nerds. 15,000 nerds who would never go on to spawn anything themselves. hey <laughs> oh, The Ocarina of Time haunts my dreams. In 1987, it was the year that Sting let his hair and his ambitions grow long. So before we get to dot, 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 nothing like the sun, <laughs> we have to figure out a way to render that orally. So maybe we can just do like a reflexive pause. Yeah, exactly. So, like, so prior to... Nothing, Nothing like, like the, the sun. sun. <laughs> uh, the boys in the band got back together, or they tried to. The police reformed in 1986 with the intent of actually, or at least the ostensible intent of recording a new album, and it did not go well. Stuart Copeland was not having it. Well, did you know what happened? He broke his collarbone. Yeah, playing polo because he's a man of many interests and that skills. That is, is the most patrician injury on earth, a I fall know. from the horse. I know. I'm like, are you sure it was Stewart? It wasn't Sting. No, Stewart's a very patrician lad. He's he really a fancy is. lad. He's he, a fancy lad. Yeah. With don't let his American accent fool you. Nope. That's why he still to this day says rather instead of rather. Because he's fancy. Yeah. I guess a skiing accident or a private plane crash. Are yeah. Up there with, with or horse a helicopter cla- crash with like a supermodel. That would have been. That would have been. That would have been it. But indeed, it was a polo crash, and he could not play drums. If you were Stuart Copeland and you had to name your polo pony, what name would you give it? 
<laughs> what do you think that dog, that horse's name was? Sting. I'm gonna ride it. I'm gonna ride, I'm gonna ride it. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I dominate you. I dominate you. <laughs> um, yeah. So he couldn't play drums. Which led to Sting and Stewart having a fight over which which synthesizer to use to program the keyboard drums. Sting wanted to use his synclavier. <laughs> Classic Sting with the synclavier. He got it for Christmas. He won't shut up about it. And Stewart wanted to do it with his Fairlight CMI. Now... These two synthesizers, these are the sound of the 1980s, the Synclavier and the Fairlight CMI. Fairlight CMI especially, that's like the Peter Gabriel synthesizer. Oh, the good one then. The good one, yeah. And the fact that they like had a fight that apparently like almost came to blows about where are you going to program your keyboard drums? (laughs) I can see that. Synclavier... Or the Fairlight CMI. It's. I was trying to come up with the perfect metaphor to explain this to non-music geeks, and I think I've got it. It's like if two Civil War generals had a fight about mutton chops versus handlebars, <laughs> and then they ended up having a duel and killing each other. So we're not talking about something, you know, eternal. We're talking about something <laughs> yes. ephemeral. It is the most timely debate they could possibly have had. Yeah. But it yields the um, remake of Don't Stand So Close to Me or Dance, Don't Stand So Close to Me 86, 86. is the name of the fucking Don't song. Don't stand so... The subject <laughs> what do you think about this remake? I like this remake. I like it a lot. I like it. Um... And it's like because the original is very like bippity boppity. Yeah, this one's darker. And this one takes the subject matter as serious as it is. Yeah. There is a flat note in the vocal that's coming up that always bothers me. Listen. Yeah. That that sting does flatten his notes for emphasis. For emphasis, <laughs> for, for doing em- it for emphasis. Doing Gosh. it for emphasis. You don't also, get my art. Get out of my room, mom. Listen to the guitar here. Not there. Never mind. <laughs> I mean, missed it. But before I call your attention to the guitar, listen to um, look at the cover and the shadow perfectly accentuates Sting's um, uh, uh, what's that muscle called? Oh, like you don't know the deltoid. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Adam loves to lift weights. I love the deltoids. <laughs> he loves the deltoids. Look at his perfectly framed deltoid there. I mean, that, that is, is a good deltoid. That is that's some chiaroscuro shading. That is like he. I think they might have actually shaded that with makeup. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. For like Mariah Carey did with her abs that one yeah, time. Yeah, no, no, like the whole film, film three hundred. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, what I what I like about the other sort of factoid about this recording session that I really enjoy is that Andy showed up and he did his guitar part in one take. And then and then Sting and Stewart argued for the next five fucking weeks (laughs) about the rest of it. So I love these little guitar solos. Listen to this. See, this is why I'm upset that they didn't, when they reformed, um, what, it was like 2006? Seven, for, yeah. Um, uh, for those concerts, that they didn't come up with any new material. Because I'm like, this is good. It is good shit. 
God, just listen. It's just that guitar solo is so it's it's good, but it's clearly not overwrought. You can hear yeah. little imperfections in it that make it clear that a human being is playing it, mm-hmm. and the rest of it is just like 1980s computer sheen. And I don't know. Did you know that they actually did another cover in the same session? Tell me more about this. No one knows about this because it wasn't released at the same time, but they did do 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 da 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 at the same time. And there's a reason that they didn't release it at the time. (laughs) It's like the original, but boring. (laughs) It's like the inverse of the original. It's like if you had... You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of um, the the early Sting um, a club stuff that came out. Oh, with his band. With his band. Um, when he was still reaching into Gordon Prime's lyric yeah. chest. Yeah, like yeah. it's... In the sense that it's boring? In the sense that it's not... It's like the... Like this is like... Not good? Eternal? Well, no, clearly it's not good. But I want to know why it's not good. Why do I not think it's good? Yeah, no, it, it's... It's like, let's do it just like the original, but take any spunk or life or anything that's, out I, of I think, it. Yeah. I think, again, like, that may have been the point. Because you've got the lyrics of, you know, very bum-out lyrics, but you had it in a poppy kind of way and now with this you've got the inverse of that and it is kind of like existential and oh it's just bum out plus bum out equals yeah, bum out it's super bum yeah super bum out but and it does really echo his earlier stuff where he was trying to be um a little more i feel like the guys like smacked the pretension out of him for a minute there and yeah. then um you can see it ramp up again sure like can. he is he's definitely doing his own thing speaking of pretension shall we move on to Nothing like the sun. Dot, dot, dot. Yes? Question mark? Do you know where the title came from? Um, I do. Yes. <laughs> because I'm just that. It's a Shakespearean sonnet. It's even better than that. Oh, tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> so Sting was out on the town in, uh, where would he be out on the town? I was town? about to say, which town? Belgravia. Son- <laughs> yeah. What's the fanciest part of London where See, he would be? I think that he would be like back up in Newcastle, but like wearing his fanciest coat and like ah. just being like, I am back, bitches. Let's go with that. <laughs> so that's what he's doing. He's wearing an ermine coat. <laughs> I I don't know what that means. But... You know the white fur around um, a king's robe? Yeah. That's ermine. That, okay. Yeah. So he, and, he's, and, he's, and he's gnawing on a giant turkey leg. Yeah. Right? He's, he comes up behind like an old woman. He just kind of doesn't really push her that hard, but just enough to get her away from it. He's being carried on a, on a litter, right? Like a, what do you call that? Like the Roman litter kind of thing. Yeah. The thing where like there's slaves underneath yeah. him. Yeah. Carrying him around Newcastle, the streets of Newcastle at night. And this is where it becomes true story. <coughs> he... You mean he is that's a true story. What we just said. <laughs> Let's go with it. True. Yeah, sure. it's all true. All true. All, all true. true. Um, but even more true, at least according to Sting's own reckoning, which is to say probably not true at all, <laughs> is that he uh, encountered. He was accosted by a drunkard. Oh yes, a drunkard. I do remember the story. God, it pissed me off. <laughs> who was shouting, "How beautiful is the moon!" Oh my God! I mean, how beautiful is the moon? 
and then Sting because he knows nothing soothes the savage beast <laughs> like the bard. Right, of course. Comes back and says, well, my mistress's eyes are nothing like the sun. You know, and just the fact that Sting would be... I'm just like choking on my own rage at... <laughs> Spit out the turkey leg. Spit out the turkey leg. <laughs> it shouldn't cause me rage, but now that we've kind of seen him and a little bit understand where he's coming from, the yeah. fact that he's trying to pass off this story as he would have the presence of mind when a crazy dude is coming up to him with all of his germs and his poverty, <laughs> coming up to him and is like, how beautiful is the sun? And he's like, I will you know, come down off my litter. I will come down off the mountain and I will beauty bomb you with some Shakespeare. <laughs> Because that's how I am. I'd be like, dude, you needed to go probably take, you were in a hazmat suit if you were in a public street at all. That's reason number one why you know this story is bullshit. And reason number two is that like, if you were to do that, if you were to like try to appease a drunkard by quoting Shakespeare at him, that drunkard would pick a cinder block (laughs) off the sidewalk and just hit you in the face with it like Reginald Denny. And people would just cheer. Yeah, exactly. The whole street would just erupt. It would be a slow clap moment. Yeah, well done. (laughs) he had it coming he had it coming and yet you like this record i do actually like this record i think i I think as you know we we get into more you know sting's career as like a solo artist and you know who he is i find that and this is a horrible thing to say i like his work i don't think i like him as a person that's a perfectly legitimate thing to say i mean there are a million artists that are like that right yeah I mean, who likes Wagner as a human? <laughs> da, 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 da. I was watching a um, Stephen Fry talk about the Ring Saga and how it takes like fourteen days to listen das to. Heingold. Yeah, das Heingold. This is the most beautiful thing in the world. I'm like that. No, ah, uh, God, no. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just tell people it's because he was a Nazi. That's why I don't like him. Not because this stuff is way too long for me to sit through. Um, I want to start by listening to the opening track, The Lazarus Heart. Um, let me pull it up here. It's like when Sting starts therapy, he writes this. Oh, yeah? No, I'm just saying that, you know, he references his mother. Oh, yeah. and, okay. anything about his mother. Anything about his mother. Oh, I guess his mother did die, and now I feel bad about that. That's yeah. he, she died prior to the this. Record. Yeah, and then I, I, he didn't go to either one of his parents' funerals, and he feels bad. What? Yeah, he didn't want. Um, it was like at the height of his solo career, and he thought that it would just the press would make it even worse. But I think he had a John Lennon thing with his parents. I think, I think had, it would have. He didn't want to go because everyone there would have been like, "You're not Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> You're Don <laughs> Draper." <laughs> Gordon had three inches on you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he had a fist like a like a ham. <laughs> Who's this yeah. delicate young man quoting Shakespeare at us? Gordon would fight you. So musically, Lazarus Heart begins the way that it begins, it's like everything about the 80s music is all here in one big collage at the very beginning. Now, for those of us who are not um, <laughs> super well-schooled in the... Okay, I'll break it yes, down. Yes, break it down. Okay, so first of all, you have like um, highly chorused and echoed um, sort of twinkly 
um, very crisp, thin lead guitar parts that sound a lot like Andy Summers because guess what? It's Andy Summers. <laughs> and I felt bad that I thought that they were like an Andy Summers ripoff until I heard that. Yeah, yeah, you know, it it's Andy. a great <laughs> imitation of himself. <laughs> um, so there's that. There's also um, there's what's called a sequence. Um, so when you take when you take like a keyboard and rather than playing it, you program notes into it. Like you you just say like I want you to do these notes in this mathematical order. Um, that's called a sequence. And like the Synclavier and the Fairlight CMI were like early sort of sequencing synthesizers that Sting loved to use. And you can hear this kind of classic sequenced pattern <laughs> kind of in it um so listen so listen for those two elements but then he's getting into some world music and there. then there's the world music percussion <laughs> yeah all right that's the third element and it all builds and then wait got like highly highly echoed drums way too much echo on those drums and then comes the saxophone is that a saxophone it's I a always saxophone th- that is doubled by a synclavier which is could you get more 80s than that i thought it was almost like a pan flute <laughs> no it's branford marsalis on the soprano sax even more 80s that's the kenny that's the kenny g sax Yeah, everything about the decade, just all there in one little texture. It's really, really good. What other um, 80s songs has that kind of tinkliness? Um, you mean what other artists in this period tinkled all over their songs? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he looks I think so they're, excited they're that he just came up with that one. Tinkle joke, you guys! I think that there's a, there's a golden shower all over <laughs> Peter Gabriel's so at this very same time. Oh, yeah, there is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I mean, honestly, like Red Rain starts in the exact same it, way. It, yeah. Now that you bring it up, it does. Or shall we call it Golden Rain? <laughs> Ooh, oh, 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 is someone calling oh, to punish us for that oh. joke? Like, I heard that joke. <laughs> and they're like, it's God calling. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's good taste. Um, it says don't. <laughs> um, but so if we look at nothing like the sun, and we've just listened to sorry, like, the first. Wh- sorry, what album was that? Nothing like the sun. There it is. <laughs> and contra- and contrast it with um his earlier solo work. They're two completely different things. Like it's he went to New Orleans and then he ended up in uh, Brazil. Like Bra- Brazil? Uh, Brazil. Brazil? Other, other than... Um, He's uh, very concerned about the people of Central America with oh this record. Oh, my God. He Oof. is so worried about them. <laughs> How do they you exist? You never call. You never call. I'm so you worried. <laughs> the, the Amazon Basin doesn't have a phone, but it's fine. Um, but it seems worth noting that there doesn't seem to be anything of um, Dream of the Blue Turtles in this album. There doesn't? I, uh, There's Kenny than, Kirkland and, and Branford Marsalis. Oh, well, other than, it doesn't seem like any like musical ideas like okay. carry over. You've All got right. the same musicians. I, I, I will challenge you on that right Ooh, now. And I have challenge. a very, very specific example. All right. Okay. I, lo- I love a little so, continuity, so. So, um, it's in, oh my God, it's even this, this, the next song of the album, which is uh, Be Still My Beating Heart. Um, listen to the melody here. God, he's so handsome. I know. This era. Yeah, this era. Do you just want to punch him and then kiss him? 
Here it comes, here it comes. Listen to the melody. Okay, so in jazz, jazz. jazz. <laughs> jazz. there is this thing um, called the lick. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's called the lick. And what it is, is it's, it's a cliche. It's a melodic cliche. It's a little, little bit of melody that has been used for like a hundred years by jazz players, basically as a joke. It's an in-joke. Um, and it goes, ba-da-da-da-da-da-da. Here, there's, there's a YouTube video that's like a compilation of 80 million jazz players playing the lick over and over and over again. <laughs> Familiar? Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah. Ah, that was girlfriend. Uh-huh. So when jazz players do this, they're really doing it to make fun of it. Like it's not, they're not doing it sincerely. Right. And I realized, oh my fucking God, Sting uses the lick all <laughs> over the place. And he used it just there in uh, Be Still My Beating Heart. Here, I'll play it again. I'll be taking well, a slight permutation of it. Yeah. Okay? But he uses it everywhere. And this is, to me, this may be the most Stingo thing ever. Because why is he using it? Because he thinks it makes him prestigious and smart like jazz. <laughs> this is what I heard those jazz guys doing. But he's not sophisticated and smart enough to know oh, that they joke. were doing it as a joke. Oh, and the joke no. is on him. <laughs> oh, God. Gordon, I'm sorry. Bless your heart. Bless your heart, sweetheart. Bless your beating heart. I'm sorry those kids at the lunch table made fun of you when you didn't know. No. <laughs> yeah. it's, like, it's like they said, nice backpack, Gordon. <laughs> I know. And he's right? like, oh my God, they like my backpack. I know. I'm and he, I'm going to wear it every day. I'm in, finally. Me and the queen. We're finally going to uh, He's be in that car. Friends. He's in that car he's with the queen, car. finally. And the thing is, he's never going to get in that car. No. And I think that's the tragedy of Sting, is he's mm. never going to get in that car. The tragedy. <laughs> the tragedy. There's so many other tragic things about his career, but we're going to go with that as the overriding narrative of tragedy. Speaking of tragedy, mm. um, just to like get it real here for I was a second about to say, and talk about the issues. Segue. To talk um, about tragedy. <laughs> Jesus, do we have There to? are like real tragedies that are the subject of songs on this album. Yeah. Like Central America was a bit of a shit show it thanks was. to Reagan era foreign policy. Yeah. And then. Which thought that like basically um, genocide is better than socialism. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's just fund genocidal. Better dead than red. Yeah. Better dead than red. Let's find, let's fund genocidal right wing maniacs in Central America as yeah. long as they're going to fight against the Sandinistas. And then there was the whole deforestation of the Amazon basin for um, growth and uh, pasture for cows for meat production. That's why I don't eat meat as much as you are, Adam. Okay. <laughs> You'd make the trees cry. I'm concerned with human beings primarily. Okay, <laughs> so can we stay? Are, it's not cows knocking down the, <laughs> knocking down the trees. No, human victims. <laughs> oh, right. Sorry. Trees don't. Yeah. Okay, okay cool, so cool. All right. they dance alone. Ah, uh, 
That is a sad song. Pan flute keyboard. I mean, you are talking my language in the seventh grade. Mm. Oh, so handsome. We're looking at the videos right now. We're looking now. at the videos with and that shoulder length hair. Pan flutes from the Andes. All over this place. So socially conscious. So for people who don't know, this was about an event that actually happened, like a protest event. It actually still happens. Yeah, it still happens, really? Where women whose husbands and boyfriends and sons had been disappeared by the Pinochet regime danced with them in abstentia. Yeah. With pictures of them? Pictures of them. Yeah. And that's, boy, gosh, that's really sad. It's so sad. Do you, is this exploitative, this song? I don't think so, because there's a fine line there. Um, sorry, it's a great song. Really, it's just the hair that you're, It's, it's yeah. I mean, that's. Ba- backlit golden locks, if I shoulder could whistle, length. I mean, talk in my language. <laughs> um, I don't think so. I would make the argument that it w- isn't, because now. You have these, and I wonder, other than, I know it started in the 1960s, this whole socially conscious thing, but then you had people like Sting in the 80s and Bob Geldof that just raised this activism even higher. Um, So I don't think it's cynical enough now. I think now it's a little, we can all be a little bit cynical about it, but I think now there was an earnestness to it, but Mm. we can also look back on it and wonder if it was a little misplaced. So, the thing that gets me is the last verse where he's like, hey, Mr. Pinochet, <laughs> there's something about writing a protest song where you address a world leader as, hey, Mr. So-and-so. <laughs> I don't know what about that is so grating, but it, you know what I'm talking about, I right? I do. It, it, you take something beautiful and symbolic and, um, and then you just, for me at least, it's you take it down to the most stupid schoolyard bullshit fight. Mm. Speaking of fighting, then there's the other uh, ode to dead Central American people, um, which is fragile. (laughs) Fragile. Actually, no. Um, Actually, no. Let me stop you. Yes. Um, It's actually about uh, nuclear proliferation. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. It's yes, about it the guy. It's about the Oregon, the Oregonian guy who got killed by the uh, the Contras in Nicaragua. No. It's yes. A, no. <laughs> Shall we consult Wikipedia? Let's consult Wikipedia. While Sting plays, so let's look Sting at the bring, lines. Brings back his tiny guitar for this one. For all those born beneath an angry star, that's fallout. That's that's the bomb. Well, maybe it's both. Maybe it's a double meaning. <laughs> Two, two, the song is a tribute to Ben Linder, an American civil engineer who was killed by the Contras in 1987. See, uh, I mean, Wikipedia, I'm not going to argue with shall, you know, <laughs> source facts. Shall but we consult the citation? The citation is the motherfucking liner notes, ass. <laughs> Suck a dick. Suck Let's see. a fragile now. dick. <laughs> Let's see, Project Lyrics. Um, Dicks are also fragile. <laughs> That's what this song is about. <laughs> Project Lyrics. Um, 
I'm just gonna watch him. I'm doing my cr- own cradle. Googling. I'm just gonna watch him cradle his tiny guitar right now, while you do that. Oh, he's got the ponytail in this video. Sing fragile lyrics meaning. Over at songmeanings.com. Over at songmeanings.com. What do they say? Let's see. Twenty-three comments. So I guess again, crowdsourcing facts. He's so big relative to the guitar; it just makes him look like a giant. And the the this tiny little guitar—it's like a woman. And she's like, "You make me feel so feminine because you're you're thirty-five feet tall." No, I I think it's um, I think you're wrong. I mean, sure, Sting could think it's about <laughs> a poor man getting mistaken. For an enemy and killed, but no, he's wrong. It is about nuclear war. <laughs> Good talk. How can it not be? It's a double meaning. That seems like something he would do. No, no, yeah, no, but this doesn't. I'm sorry. It's about My world the contrast. <laughs> it's all about Reagan. Don't you understand? Everything on here, every word is about Reagan. When flesh and steel are one, so yeah, uh, it's about Terminator. Yes. Yeah, Terminator. Uh, tomorrow's rain will wash the stains away, but something in our minds will stay. This final act, this clenched argument. Yeah, no. Sorry, I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong. I'm not. Gonna, I don't care what the liner notes say. It may have been inspired, but in fact, he was wrong, and it's actually about nuclear war. All right, we'll table that. <laughs> okay, we're gonna table that. <laughs> Time to acknowledge our, our first sponsor on today's program. We're brought to you this week by Will Be Together Food Delivery Service. Ever find yourself with fish but no chips? Pork pie without a sausage roll? Bangers with no mash? What good is one without the other? Once a fortnight, you will receive a box of famous food pairings delivered via royal mail to your door with Will Be Together. So there's a lot of food delivery services now. Um, you've got um, your, your your green harvest, green, your, green harvest your, your yellow your, harvest, your yummy 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 box, yummy yummy boxes. What? Um, they're 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 underwriting all the other podcasts, but we got this one. <laughs> we got this one because it is based on British food, um, and it's based on British food that only can be eaten in pairs. So it's if you it, tried it, just have not, the banger. It just have the, I mean, you it, won't even be able to like bite through it. It'll it, just break your it teeth. Just it will. Yeah. They only. Um, it's like one of those like Voltron things. Like they come together as Mega Voltron. This is what we'll be together. Food boxes is like. It's like coming together in full Voltron. <laughs> the full power of the pork pie sausage is released through... By, by the sausage roll. By the sausage roll. <laughs> you can't have one without the other. They're the Wonder Twins. So. I'm totally going to do a Sanchez drop right there. <laughs> Liz, fancy egg and soup. I'm free this evening. No, I think I'll wash my hair. Okay. Um, well, but unlike, you know, Sting, who's better, you know, solo, we'll be together food, is better together. <laughs> Better together. That was tortured. That was tortured. That was. (laughs) I'm still thrown. Can we take a second and talk apropos there about we'll be together? Sure. Um, 
one of the many further songs in which Sting quotes him fucking self. <laughs> Did you notice this? You didn't notice this? Let's see. I'm I don't gonna, live in your head, so I'm going to pl- I'm going to play it for you. There it is. He does that. Continuity. Wow, did Paula Abdul choreograph this video? I it's so good. I feel like like a jazz cat is going to come out of the <laughs> wings and start dancing with him. <laughs> Fuck you with your self-quotations, Sting. <laughs> is that a jazz thing again? Because he does that. Oh, that's, the, that's his songs. lick? That's yeah. his lick. That's when he licks himself? That's when he licks himself. Oh, God. <laughs> Good taste, calling. <laughs> All right. Uh, what other songs would you like to talk about from this 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 album? Let's take a look. Um, I really like. I really like Englishman in New York. Englishman in English New York. Man. I like how you. Englishman in New York. Sister who, Moon is really good. Who is who's Englishman in New York about again? Quentin Crisp. And can you tell us about Quentin Crisp? Um, just he, he the, made he, was, he made sausage rolls. He right? made sausage rolls and wore a pork pie hat. <laughs> Carried sting around on a litter. Um, he's this really interesting man. Um, he's a gay guy, and he did. Um, he was famous for towards the end of his life doing um, a one man show um, that he became famous for, and he was this lovely man. Um, oh, that's right. He was a raconteur. He was a raconteur. A well-known raconteur. Someone that you would invite over for dinner. Indeed. Indeed. And he was just very charming and lovely. And yeah. 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 Just very lovely. And Sting wrote a song about him because, of course, he saw a bit of himself in him. Of course. Yeah. I like my toast on one side. You can hear it in my accent when I talk. Sad, though, if you... Watch interviews with Chris. There's the lick again, by the way. But anyway, go ahead. And try. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was really sad because Chris seems to be a bit of a self-hating homosexual. Oh, um, it's really sad because he's so lovely. Well, that's a lovely little tune. Yeah. And what else do we like? I um, like. I like Sister Moon. You got to get that Sister Moon. Got to get the Sister But Little Wing, his um, version of Little Wing is really good. Of Jimi Hendrix's yep. Little Wing. Little Wing. Little Wing. And then The Secret Marriage is based on a German poem. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> there's that. All right. We've been dancing around it, but I have to now play you the clip that I've been waiting so long to play for you. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, Meg. Oh, you have no idea, my dear. Oh, heavens. So he releases Nothing Like the Sun <laughs> and then goes out on tour to support it. And of course, he hits those Central American and South American dates like, whoa. <laughs> so here he is, 1987, in Buenos Aires. Buenos Aires. Buenos Aires. Playing Don't Stand So Close to Me. Now, first, I would like you to note his outfit. Um, here, let me try to find a good shot of it for you. Somebody knows what she wants to be. You see it? I do see it. What am I looking at? His uh, sort of like bathrobe that he's in. <laughs> he sort of looks like a a fancy space lesbian to me. Um, 
Like he's the empress of a galactic <laughs> star Jody empire. It's Jodie Foster in space. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, so that's the first thing about this that is funny. Second thing about this that is funny is like he's not playing bass, okay? Um, and oh, we didn't mention that about nothing like the sun. Mm. He's back on the bass, ah. which is the thing that I'm happy about. Um, but anyway, so he's not playing bass. He's just kind of singing. And he's doing it so that like in the breaks in between the chorus and the verse, he can walk over to a keyboard and play a few notes on the keyboard. So watch this. Puts down his tambourine, walks over to the keyboard. And it's there's so indulgent. It's just like, hey, everyone, I can play the keyboard. <laughs> he doesn't actually, like, there's another keyboard player there who could be playing this right now. And indeed, who resumes playing the part as soon as Sting walks away to, <laughs> to resume singing. Right? But it's just like, hey, I got to show everybody that I can play the keyboard. Because it's the 1980s, and if you can't play keyboard, you ain't shit. Okay? <laughs> So that's the second thing that's funny about this. Here is the third thing that is funny about this. Oh my God, shit is about to get real. A little bit of the chest for the ladies. He takes off his fancy space lesbian bathrobe. Oh God. It's so choreographed. And now he is bare chested. Oh. And look at the little... Little tushy, little tushy swing he does there. I don't hate it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Oh, he's not as ripped as he was. What? You're going to criticize this physique? I mean, it's a good physique. It is a good physique. What? The face you can't beat, but... (laughs) I think he might be getting into yoga now because he's starting to slim down a little bit. Mm. He's not quite as bulky and man. (laughs) Time to talk about our second sponsor in today's program, Bleach Blonde Ponytails. Are you a middle-aged man who can write like a warrior poet, fight like a samurai, and fuck like a strip mall yoga instructor? Tell the world with your Bleach Blonde Ponytail. So I've been thinking about making a big life change. I've been thinking about becoming a total fucking dirtbag. <laughs> <laughs> thinking about becoming. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like the kind of guy who like I'm going to pick up desperate middle-aged women at my yoga studio. Nice, nice. And when I have sex with them, I'm going to sort of fold them like origami. I think you have to call it making love. When I make love to them, <laughs> I'm going to like do the crane upon them. Right? <laughs> Because there's nothing, there's, there's nothing like having sex with someone in a way that says you're not a partner, you're a project. Exactly, exactly. You're, you're a canvas every, upon which I shall paint. Every woman loves a show-off lover. Love it. They love it. And so when I do this, I'm going to go pick up my bleach blonde ponytail because I feel like that'll just really signal my intentions. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> So if you haven't seen Adam, he's very dark, um, very Italian looking. So that bleach blonde ponytail should really stand out like a like one of those, um, you know, Central American peacocks that have like this amazing plumage. Just like, wow, what's going on with that? The plume. The plume. And yes, let's not call it a ponytail. Let's call it a plume. 
So thanks, Bleach Blonde Ponytails. <laughs> so sexy. <laughs> All right. So we've got um, Trudy's Wellness Yurt. Oh, it's time to visit oh, Trudy's <laughs> Wellness Yurt. Yes. Actually, it's, I'm sorry. It's the ashram, not the yurt. Oh, the... <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> I apologize, you guys. Mm. Trudy's Ashram. Um, okay. So Trudy and Sting are always on the cutting edge of wellness. Like, they were doing wellness before, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow was knee-biter, grasshopper. Good Lord. I mean, she couldn't even touch her toes. (laughs) She mean that. She was so not well. But Trudy was. (laughs) (laughs) Trudy was well. Very well. She was well as fuck. Well as fuck. Um, And they have, Trudy and Sting have a house out in Tuscany. Um, that they grow wine on. In fact, you can rent their house. <laughs> it's called Il Palagio. Palagio? Mm. Is that, how How would you pronounce that? P-A-L-A-G-I-O. I'm going to say Il Palagio. Just sounds fancier. And Sting loves fancy things. And so they have this this vineyard there. And they grow wine. And all of the wines are named after songs. Um, and what is annoying is all of these wines get really great reviews from Wine Spectator. Oh, no. I know. I kind of wanted them to suck. Yeah. Because the labels don't look great. And I'm like, please, just suck at something. Please. Um, what are no, some of the names? Um, Sister Moon is one that gets really high uh, mm. high marks. There's nothing like the sun. I think I'm pretty sure <laughs> nothing like the sun is. I'm sorry. I didn't recognize <laughs> that. Which, can you say that again, please? Nothing like the sun. <laughs> There's like the top, the top quarter of the bottle is just empty. <laughs> this symbolizes the space before. Don't ask. Um, so part of they're very big in organics, mm. and organics no longer are cool. It's just not cool for them. Um, apparently, organic wines are very. Boring. Oh, are you going to do the? You're going to do the organic isn't good enough video organic again. You already did that oh, for the last Trudy's ashram. I checked and it didn't say anything about. Damn. Okay, we're going to have to redo this whole. No, thing. No, 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 no. I think we're stuck with it. Okay. I think we're stuck with it. Well, it has been a minute, so and it didn't, <laughs> <laughs> and it should be talked about fucking twice because Trudy works goddamn hard on this. She sure does. So yes. So um. So biodynamic, in case you haven't heard, uh, is based on, it's this new thing where it's organic, but not organic. It's organic with like ox blood and like Stevie Nicks comes and blesses your land. And so that's how they get all these amazing wines. And And you take the wine and you administer it anally, right? Right. (laughs) Exactly. Apparently they- um, It's like whole, it's just a wine colonic. (laughs) Reject traditional winemaking things. And I'm like, well, how do you do that? What's going on? Ah." And all I could think of is like, um, you remember the Disney film, The Sorcerer's Apprentice? Yeah. Um, So I kind of imagine Sting in like the wizard hat. (laughs) (laughs) Like like making a big (laughs) vat of wine. (laughs) 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 Making a big ass vat of wine. (laughs) Just like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. And he takes one single strand of his golden hair <laughs> and he drops it into the vat oh. and it all immediately changes color. It goes, Tiang! <laughs> Did you know that um, Maynard from Tool, that's, I don't know his last name, is yeah. from Tool because I Maynard from Tool. He actually has a, um, a vineyard and in his wines, apparently he's got a little bit of his own blood. <laughs> 
also, did you hear that? How do, um, how do the how do the health authorities in California <laughs> sign off on that? Um, Matthew Broderick once uh, coughed up his own lung. I mean, the whole thing. I'm just trying to <laughs> urban legends. Oh, okay. things about celebrities that probably aren't true. Sure, we'll go with that. Yeah. yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis was born a guy. I I don't know. I don't know anyone. She loves yogurt though. She's so great. Mm. Uh, we got to do our power rankings. <laughs> I want to redo this whole episode. <laughs> no, it's good. I do. I want to redo it. We have to redo it. No, it's good. I want to redo it. It's all good. Ugh. Come on, give me the power rankings. Uh, power rankings. Power rankings. Power rankings. At number one, we still have Synchronicity, followed by um, Island of the Blue Turtles, Ghost in the Machine, Outlandos de Moor, Regatta de Blancans, and Yata Mondata. Mondata. Uh, where that do seems you like a name for your put... penis. Mondata. <laughs> Mondata is happy to see you. Oh. Blonde ponytail. Blonde ponytail. The crane. The crane. <laughs> the crane. It doesn't matter oh, if you're here or not. How was your date last night? I He did the crane and I mean. I mean, I got out of bed for a while just to like make a cup of tea and he was still at it. So I don't know. <laughs> I think he had a good time. Where would you like to put nothing like the sun? I would like to put. It's hard now. It's hard. Uh, it's hard now, you guys. It's hard. Ah, <laughs> uh, um, I still think I think it's better. Do I? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with um, beneath Regatta de Blanc. Wow. I know that's very low. You're putting it at number six. But I like all of the other albums more. Is that the thing? You really, th- I mean, you really think it's that much worse than Island of the Blue Turtles? I don't know how Island of the Blue Turtles got up that high. You put it there. I know, but now I'm rethinking that. <laughs> well, you can if you want to. Because Island of the Blue Turtles was good. I feel like this is more of a refined statement than it is, Island I, of the Blue Turtles. I feel like Island of the Blue Turtles. There's some better was, songs on here. There was. And I feel like Island of the Blue Turtles got points for boldness. You know, it was like more about the context of leaving yeah. rather than the album itself. Okay. We can't give this one points for hair. Oh, mm. oh such good hair. Such good hair. Um, it's a good album. It's a good album. It's a good fucking album. Remember that we're grading it by how good its stingness is, right? Right, right. Oh, right, 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 yeah. right, right, right. Like... It's very sting. Yeah. It's very sting. It's a sting where his, like, two two of his strands are really converging on this one. Mm-hmm. His, like, his high-minded um, s- um, sophistry slash artistry, <laughs> right, is really peaking. And at the same time, his, like, adult contemporariness, you know, is... This did become his brand. I mean, now we're looking at his brand. Yeah. He develops He's really establishing that brand yeah. right here. Yeah. Of sophisticated adult music with mm-hmm. a social... With a message. With a message. Like, he's not the, the angry issues. young man anymore. Which is a shame, because I think... I don't know. I feel like that was that was a good good look on him. Because it was a good look on him. It was man. a good look on him. He and had those fists like hams. Ham. He had ham fists. And he's like, I'll fight you. I'll fight you. 
I'll fight you, Stuart. Um, <laughs> I'll fight you, Stuart. Fight you. You son of a bitch. Um, do, do, do. Okay. You have okay, to make a decision okay, I know. I know. Okay. So, Synchronicity. Great album. Mm. Island of the Blue Turtles. Good album. Bonus points for boldness. Ghost in the Machine. You know what? I'm going to actually... So if we're looking at it within the context, I'm going to actually put it, I think in a stingness, I'm going to have to put it on number one. Whoa. I know. That's a big jump. You just, what? How did that happen with okay, you? You went so through a whole journey over I there did, just now. I did. So the reason why I came on number one was all of this, the ones that we have, Synchronicity, Island Blue Turtles, Ghost the Machine, these are all really good albums. And... They're great albums, mm-hmm. but they're not essentially Sting albums. Yes, this may be the most Sting this, album. This is the Could most. I think we are we are witnessing the birth of Sting in this album. Yeah. So if we're ranking it on Stingness, and rather than <clears throat> you know objective goodness, who can be said to be born more than the moment when their mother dies? Oh, jeez, that get dark. Yikes. Um. So yeah, I I'm, am reborn in my pain. <laughs> Mother! Mother! <laughs> you know what I really wish? Absolute sidebar. Mm. I wish he would do a concept metal album. Because I feel like he is well-versed in all of the medieval good- goodness. Like, mm. I think he's like a history buff. Yeah. The Gothic Castle. Gothic Castle. That's what I said. I think he knows a lot about airs and humors. Yeah. Um, I think he could actually do an awesome album on the 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 Black Plague. Yeah, Sting's Castle album. Yeah, that would be good as hell. I'd produce the fuck out of that for him. Sting, oh. call me, call me. That would be. I mean, if he can do an album on the fucking loot, I mean, he I could know. do one about like the Decameron. Ooh, sorry. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go with number one. I know I jumped right. from number one, number is... five. Nothing like this. Oh, God. You really got to push it out. Wow. Dang. Yeah. Okay. I'm not uh, not going to fight you on this. I think I agree with your reasoning. And I will be intrigued to see how this forces our hand with future rankings. This new... This new precedent that we've set, this new judicial standard that we've established. Because now we have to. Yeah. The stingness test. Yeah. 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 And what does that mean? And what are the parameters? And. Yeah. 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 The stingness test established by Chief Justice Rehnquist. (laughs) It's famous 1947 ruling. I think he was like in high school in 1947. He was a smart high schooler then. <laughs> he didn't read his rulings. It was in a spiral notebook. He was practicing judging. I know. In a 5-4 descent, it was him and like with seven of his dribbles. Like <laughs> he was just practicing. Sorry. Yeah. Sting discography. Does Sting have any words of wisdom for us? Yes, he does. And these words of wisdom are best taken out of context. <laughs> <laughs> So, this is from an Englishman in New York. You just put it in context. What the oh, fuck? Fuck, I know. But there's, I mean, there's no words around it. Okay. So, ready? Mm. Go. At night, a candle's brighter than the sun. <laughs> what the fuck does that even mean? 
Like, it, mean, it means that the sun, the sun the is dark at uh, night. Right, exactly. So. Yeah. Does he mean like like that specific time? I mean, at yes, that moment, yeah. The s- yeah. Yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? Because it's not there. Yeah. Are we talking about like the sun in general? No. Yeah. No. No, you know that that's actually a lyric about how like the light by which the artist scribbles his brilliant musings that's the brightest light of all i wish we had like some comedy um like sound <laughs> sound effects because i would be like oh i can get i can get you one of those fart noise fart noise, fart noise. <laughs> get you some real morning zoo sounders yeah yeah i think we need that mm. it's a bed buster y'all so just keep that. It, uh, oh, that'd be great if somebody got that tattooed on their arm. Or tattooed? Tattooed. Got it tattooed got on it their arm? Got it tattooed on their arm or butts. On their butts. <laughs> on their butts. Plural, <laughs> plural butts. On their butts. <laughs> got to get it encircling your deltoid, you know? <laughs> yeah. And with a lion in the middle to like symbolize stand. <laughs> like, where's the lion of the north? What? Well, this has been Outlandos, the podcast. If you would like to uh, discuss any of these things that we've been talking about, why would A, you? don't. <laughs> B, uh, you can use the Twitter hashtag Jazz Dad Ships. Jazz Dad Ships. Jazz Dad Ships. Talk about the lick <laughs> all day long. Send us your tattoos. <laughs> Send us your, your deltoid enshrining tattoos, encircling tattoos. Yeah, yeah. If you got anything to say about the quality of this particular episode and how I wanted to re-record it, but Adam said no, and why that was... Don't have time! (sighs) On deadline! (laughs) I've been Adam Magusia. Thank you for listening. I'm Meg Donahue. Um, Thank you for listening, too. It's been a minute. (laughs) 